Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the French Rugby Podcast with me, Tim Graves, and ex-Scotland international and adopted Frenchman, Johnny BT. We will be looking ahead to the French-dominated Champions Cup quarterfinal clashes later on and having a chat with a South African who's hoping to play a big role in getting his side through to the semi-final and final again this year. But we should have a bit of a chat about the top four team first, Johnny, because it's absolutely mad, isn't it? That with two rounds left, no one has guaranteed a place in the playoffs. Nobody's got a clue, mate. Me the first. Um, no, I was watching the other end of the table at the weekend. I was at Beeritz against Cast, but the results, again, loads of things that you just couldn't have predicted that mean it really is going to go down to the wire. You've now effectively got eight teams within probably the six, the bottom load, the six are within one, one win of each other. So, so much to play for, two rounds of rugby left to play, but you can't predict. Again, we got half them wrong at the weekend, or I did anyway. <laughs> Cheers, Tim. Um, and it is just another crazy end to the top 14 season. And even once you've picked those six, when they get there, who's going to win the thing? And you played a bit of golf at the weekend as well, I know. But in Beeritz, you mentioned, what was the mood like? Was it as, as good as your golf? My golf was absolutely stinking, mate. I don't think I've ever played... <laughs> That's the first time I reckon in four or five years I've played 18 holes of golf. Um, and it was the Eden Park golf day down in Schuberta, Anglet. Beautiful golf course, beautiful day. Golf was absolutely miserable. Um, in good company, I was with Joe Worsley, who's defence coach at Cast, was at Bordeaux for a long time as well. Uh, Matt Clarkin as well, who's director of rugby at Buritz. Um, So caught up and debriefed a little bit, but like Saturday was mathematically the last chance they had to stay up and it's now gone and there was a massive turnout fans there in their droves um really good attendance but casts were just too good and you get the feeling that Beeritz as much as they recruited last minute and they managed to get a decent team thrown together it's just been a marathon and they've been through the mill and you can see now the sort of mental fatigue um so a big day for cast I managed to catch up with some of the boys afterwards out for dinner in Beeritz um so briefly caught up with Julian Demora Joffrey Police Marc-Antoine Rallier, Rory Cockett, guys that I hadn't seen again since the last game I did in the Champions Cup. So great to catch up with them and celebrate a little bit with them, but always, you know, really difficult for the team that goes down. And unfortunately for Beeritz, it's them this season. I know that bottom end of the table as well. Perpignan, huge 27-10 win over Breve. It's going to be tight, isn't it, between those two to see who goes into that playoff. And traditionally, since, since that's come in, that Ascension match, 
not one top 14 side has won it. Yeah. So you don't want to be in there. And I'm not sure naively, but every year it goes ahead. I think the top 14 side should have enough. But again, you just can't underestimate the home support playing in front of your own fans and the passion that comes through in that game. It is just ridiculous. That being said, Breve, I think they're 42 points there at home to Toulouse um, and then away to Stade Francais. So two big battles, Perpignan are away to Cast, and then they finish at home to Bordeaux. So both of them scrapping out for that 13th spot. And again, I mentioned like the stat is no top 14 side has ever won it. But if you look this year at the Pro Deux sides and the budgets, like Pro Deux sides have had reduced budgets as well because of COVID, even if it's Monomarsan, Bayonne, Oyonnax, Nevers, I'm not sure any of them have the real quality to beat either Breve or Perpignan, but you just never know. And it's not just the home advantage. You think the Pro Deux sides are used to winning and the top 14 sides are used to losing. It's momentum. Well, that's it. It's the mental side of the game. So if you're Breve or you're Perpignan and it hasn't been going well, it's been different in years past because the two at the bottom have been really far detached. Whereas this year, there's a bit more of a scrap, you know, not that far away from Poe, not that far away from Stade Francais. They're in the mix and I think there will have been hope. Whereas previously, the dynamic with other sides has been you're like, you're Grenoble, you're, you're gone, you're buried, by on the same, you're so far away. But when you're the top 14 side staring down the barrel of that gun, it is a horrible feeling. The other end of the table, we spoke last week about Toulon. Eight wins now from the last 10 games. This might be the biggest though, away at Bordeaux. Again, it's a fortress that hasn't been broken too many times at all. And for Toulon now, like we talked about them last week, there's a real possibility of qualification that even five, six, seven weeks ago was mission impossible. Absolutely ridiculous. You wouldn't have thought it, but as we just mentioned, the, the sort of the mentality, the different dynamics that go into psychology of rugby, it's a funny old game, especially over here in France. A few players back from injury, Frank Azema settles in, a game plan comes through, confidence comes back, and their tails are up. Um, and it would be storybook stuff for them if they were to qualify at home this weekend to Poe, and then the last game is away to Racing 92, which will be a cup final. And that's it. If they win that game and they get through, you just never know the confidence that will be pulsing through them now as a squad. If they can win that game away to Racing, you wouldn't bet against them winning the top 14. And Bordeaux, all of a sudden, they've led from the front the whole year with Montpellier, even with the comeback of Mathieu Jalibert and that game just lacking ideas. Christophe Urios, our old mate, absolutely furious at the end of the game, as he normally is. But that's it. You've got eight sides now all duking it out for a chip and a chair. That's what we're seeing in the top 14. You just never know. You gave us the headline last week that Toulouse were going to miss out on the playoffs. I don't know whether you did that just for my benefit, but you did. <laughs> <laughs> they did the business at home to La Rochelle, though, didn't they? Yeah, and that went down like a shit sandwich um, <laughs> as well. So you actually, had, at the end of that game, you had Ugo Mola on the mic um, and he had to go everyone, like not us, obviously, because we're not that tight, <laughs> but everyone that Canal Plus building had said the same type of thing. You know, might this be a stretch too far? Combining both competitions, can they back up the fatigue? And he came out and went through Canal Plus, every single one of their journalists that either writes in Rugby Rama, Midi-Olympique, or presents on television. Um, he was absolutely livid, but it's a difficult task and it will be right to the end. And you actually had the head of rugby for Canal Plus had to come out with a statement and say, it's really bizarre that he doesn't like to be questioned. This is just normal questions from journalists. We're not having goes at anybody. But that was a game that they absolutely ground out. And I'm sure our guests will be able to give us a good bit more insight into the ins and outs of the game and where it went wrong for La Rochelle. But a big win for Toulouse, especially going into this European weekend that we'll talk about for confidence as well. And just to know they're there or thereabouts, they can still potentially do it. But it's going to be extremely hard. 
And the guys at Canal Plus might have had it both barrels from Ugo Moller, but Ron Nogara a bit safer himself on the touchline as well again. <laughs> he seems to be developing a bit of a rep and it doesn't matter the size if it's Christoph Urios, if it's Ugo Mola um, he's enjoying a bit of a chirp on the sidelines and he look he enjoyed it when he played he, 100% he did not stop talking to you the other side of the field he was constantly chirping and that's it he hasn't changed as a coach still a competitor still wants to leave from the front um, and not afraid to, to back down so interesting again to see the the sort of tit for tat on the touchline gave me another laugh um, and again just one of the characters of the game love it Right, we will look ahead to the Champions Cup quarterfinals shortly, but it's about time we did our meter moment of the week. So what have you got for us, Johnny? It comes from Toulon again this week, mate. I mean, what can you say? They're playing some amazing rugby. They had a really difficult start to the season. Um, last week, it was Gabin Villiers. This weekend, the finishing of my old teammate from Bayonne, Emmerich Luke, a youngster. Nobody knows too much about him in the wider world rugby public, but a finishing and a performance and a massive win in Bordeaux. Um, he scored two this weekend, both individually brilliant in different ways. Um, and the first was initiated by Baptiste Saran, who's come right back into form as well. A cheeky nudge over the top and Luke gathers it, I don't know how, and he sells Jalibert, one of the most audacious dummies you'll see this year, um, and runs it under the post. But the vision, the speed off the mark and the call, all exceptional. And he even managed the second where he took on Moefana on the edge, chipped over fullback, gathered himself and finished. But a huge win for too long, their confidence and their chances of making the top six. So two ridiculously massive moments from Emmerich Luke. New friend of the show after last week, Zach Henry will be devastated you didn't pick his try. I couldn't make, he got barreled as well by the opposition hooker for another one. So he wouldn't have been having, he, could, he wouldn't have had it either in a, I think it was like a 40 point to 20 loss at home. So I think they were fairly disappointed. He'll stick to his shoes. He'll be all right. That was Johnny's meter moment of the week. And meter is the world's number one wireless meat thermometer, recently making over 11 million cooks better with their game-changing app and completely wireless Bluetooth meat probe. You can use it on a barbecue, in the oven, or in a pan, and you can get hands-on one at meter.com. Plus, we've upped the stakes, and you can now get 20% off any full-price item instead of 10%. All you have to do is enter the code FRENCHPOD20 at checkout. That's FRENCHPOD20 instead of FRENCHPOD10 and you'll get 20% off any full price item at meter.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's get our guest on now then, and we can have a chat with a man from the Western Cape in South Africa who's starring on the West Coast of France in the top 14 nowadays. Lara Winger, Dylan Leeds joins us. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys doing? We're good. Um... Lots of positives to talk about, but let's get the disappointment out of the way first. Tough oh, defeat yeah. to lose at the weekend. And after losing to them in a couple of finals last year, opening day of the season as well, is that becoming a particular rivalry, you and them now, and one that you almost feel like you really own one very soon? Yeah, I think um, it's definitely become a rivalry that, that I suppose we as a club pretty proud that we've created. Um, obviously, Toulouse is a well-known and well-respected club all over the world. So we see it as our, our biggest game and, and, and a game that we love to play. But yeah, I think obviously the disappointment of, of losing to them in two finals of our season and then, like you said, losing at home first game of the season and then this weekend's defeat is, is pretty tough to take. It's something that, you know, straight after the game, Craig and, and Roman Sazi just said, you know, this has got to stop. We're a quality team and they are quality outfit as well, but you know we we know that we let that one slip on the weekend, um, especially you know after Monday's review. Suppose any team goes back on a Monday and, and you know say, oh guys, you know we we had the game, but I really felt like we we had the game on Saturday night, and it could have could have gone our way, but you know like in the review on Monday there were certain things that we we let ourselves down big time, and um, yeah, I think we 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 know that was an important game and and probably one we will look back on and say that we should have won. Can you put a little finger on what went wrong or where you felt that game was yours and it just got away from you? I think, you know, going going into halftime, I think it was 17, 16, you know, we, we had played played all of the rugby and for the, like, you look at their two tries, it's it's all stuff that, that we can control, a bit of miscommunication in terms of the exit and then DuPont scores and then to his credit, Flamont scores a really good try, but it's something that, as a collective, we could have controlled. That, that the, the big thing for us was also we didn't really execute when we were in their half. We got ourselves into the right areas and then just didn't execute the plays we wanted to do. And we were just chatting before about Johnny was mentioning Ugo Moller had a bit to say after the game about people at Canal Plus and what they've been saying. Ronan O'Gara, the clip has done the rounds on social media, having a bit to say to Ugo Moller on the touchline. And we know his history with Christoph Urias and being... Yeah band before this season so just give us a sense of what Ronan O'Gara is like as a boss because we we know him very well in the in the British Isles obviously he was super competitive Johnny played against him but is it just he's so fiercely competitive that it sometimes spills over yeah 100% you know like we said off air you know he's a he's a very passionate guy and, and he he knows that he's at the club for for another uh, little while and and you know as a as a collective we said you know this is our time and this is 
the period that we want to go in and create history at the club, you know, and, and he's at the forefront of it. He's a passionate man and, and his want to win is, is so strong that it comes through, you know, and, and as a coach, I think for me personally, you, you don't get the, the coaches on the sideline in South Africa. So you get them carrying the water today in South Africa, no? Or you get them carrying the water, <laughs> you know? So um, like, I'm pretty sure Raj will put on, put on the, the water boy pub soon and, and be running, running orders. But um, yeah, you know, I think he's, that, that's just, it speaks volumes of, of the guy he is and the culture he's trying to create at the club. And, um, you know, we're at the point now where he's sort of implemented his values on, on, on the players. And, you know, we're at that point now where it's more becoming a player-driven thing where Rog is taking a step back and we've got great leaders. You know, Greg uh, Aldrich is a, is, is a big part of that, that French squad who's, who's gone on to do great, th- great things. You know, we've got winning Antonio... Uh, Victor Vito, TKB, you know, guys who, who've played in, in, in massive games and, and have won uh, big trophies. So it's a great thing for us as, as, as a club and, and players to be involved in where a, a group is becoming player-driven, not to a point where we're trying to overthrow the coach or anything like that, but to, to a point where we, we know it's, it's our responsibility to go out and, and perform. The coaches can give us the tools, but it's ultimately up to us, you know, and I think it's a great, great space to be in, and, and hopefully we can just push on from here. You know that that this is the the time when you know players take control. I quite enjoy the added cinema of the coaches on the touchline in France. It's nowhere else, but I think it adds to the the cinema of French rugby oh, and having 100%. a go and their passion. I don't know how they see the game. I don't know how they see what's going on from where they are because they're one of the worst seats in the house. You should be up, yeah, up there you should, watching. Like, you should be up top, eh? Because that, that's when you got you. You've got the best view. You've got, you know, the bird's eye view of everything and you can be like, oh, you know, there's a bit of space here. We need to attack here. Or, but, you know, I think all the coaches here are, and you, you can see it on the weekend. They're so passionate. They, they love for the club and, and their job is, 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 is out there on display every weekend. So I personally, I love it. And, um, you know, I, I think you can see Raj, Raj loves being on the, on the sideline as well. And you mentioned the history that he and you were trying to create at La Rochelle and, and make the most of the sort of opportunities you've you've got at the moment. Am I right in saying that his intensity is at such a level that you were at a one-year-old's birthday party a couple of years and the Champions Cup semi-final was on in the background and he was sort of saying, this will be us soon? Yeah, we were. It was, um, I can't remember whose birthday it was. I, I just remember we were watching the game and he's like, enjoy your time now. But like, you know, in, in a couple of seasons, you're not going to have this break because this will be us, you know. That's exactly the type of guy he is. And we find ourselves in that in the position now. We were there last season as well, so it's great. And I think for for the whole club, you know, everyone is uh, the support we get here in Narishal is second to none. I I always thought playing rugby in Cape Town and playing for the Stormers, you know, the people love their rugby down there. South Africa in in, in general, you know, they love their rugby. So the support we got as players at the Stormers was fantastic. And then coming here, you're just like, man, is this even real? We, we came home after that Champions Cup final and, and it was like a late flight back from, from London and we came to La Rochelle Airport. And I mean, it's not the biggest of airports. So we walked in and it was like 2 a.m. in the morning and uh, our manager was like, oh, just be ready. There's heaps of people outside and we're like, come on, man, it's 2 a.m. Like, we just lost the final. Who's going to be waiting for us, you know? And as we walked out of the airport, there was just like hundreds of people singing and, and just coming up to us and saying, you know, thank you, like what you've done 
for our our little town and our club is amazing and and i'm just thinking like man as a player you're really so disappointed and then you've got these fans coming up to you little kids waiting at 2 a.m just to say thank you and you're just like like this is crazy it's added more to the disappointment if i can say that because you're like oh, i haven't just let myself down or my club down and my, my coach is like i've let the people of la rochelle down as well but like for them it's just uh we were in the final thank you so much what you guys have done and you know and i think that's why as a club we we're so lucky to be in a position where we can we're still in two competitions and have a great chance of making it to the playoffs you know so our biggest driving force is literally just get, coming back with a trophy to to celebrate with with this amazing support supporters that we have yeah I think that comes down to the journey the club's been on. When I first arrived in, in France, that, that club was in Pro des Deux. They were well supported, but over time, the consistency that's gone into the, the performance end of the business, the on-field aligned with the business sense. And you mentioned the fans. You have some of the most passionate, like affected, like they're so affected, like they're an amazing bunch of fans. An incredible place to play a game of rugby. If, if you're a yeah. rugby fan listening to this and you're trying to get away with mates for a weekend or Go and see a game in front. One of the one of the times you should absolutely go and visit and take a game in is La Rochelle. And you yeah. mentioned trying to deliver silverware for them. You come so close. Again, Poredo was the last, but now on both fronts, you, you drop down to seventh because top 14 is such a hard competition. And to compete in both both competitions effectively and the European level is incredibly hard. We've seen Toulouse now drop down to eighth. You guys are seventh. So can you give us a little bit of an insight coming, you mentioned from South Africa over to France? The difference in terms of the quality of competition, but also the sort of grind and how hard it is to compete both in the top 14 and in European rugby. Yeah, like for me, last season, like you, you come over to France and, and you obviously, you, like I, I spoke to, to players that were in France already that I'd known from back home and they were just like, oh, it, it's long and it's tough, but, but it's good. Like it will fly by. And then my first season last year, I was like, wow, this is really long and it's, it's it's a full on grind, you know. Like for us, we at the start of the season we were one from five, I think. Yeah. And still at that time, in, in my mind, I'm thinking, damn, if this is super rugby, like that's our season done. Like you know, cheers. Make your plans for for to go on holiday at the end of May because you're not seeing the playoffs. We string a couple of games to get a good get a good couple of wins. We back up to third. We lose two games. We're down to seventh. And you're just like, what is going on? But I, and I think uh, that's like the kind of league the top fourteen is. Like it, it's so competitive. You like if you look at us and Toulouse, like we were the finalists of both Europe and top fourteen last year. And honestly, we both sort of have had like up and down seasons. And now we two games to go in the top fourteen, and we're not assured of a of a of a playoff spot. Uh, you you can see why this league attracts so many quality players because this is the competition you want to be involved in. And you mentioned that decision to move over to the top 14. I don't know if one of the guys you spoke to was Cheslin Colby, but you know him well from your days at the Stormers. I think, I think I'm right in saying you roomed with him for four years, was it? Yeah, yeah. So Chesie started about a season before me at the Stormers. And then once I joined, you know, we... We knew each other because we played each other at school as well and played um, age group rugby against each other. Going to the Stormers, you know, I was, we were roommates and it was, it was a great time because, you know, in Super Rugby Tours, you go away for four weeks, two weeks in Oz and two weeks in New Zealand, you know. So when he, was, he came over to Toulouse and he was going so well 
And when I got the opportunity to come to La Rochelle, he was the first guy I spoke to. And I just asked him, you know, what, what, what's, it, what's it like? And, and the first thing he said to me as well was, he was just like, it's long, but you're going to love it. He's like, you're going to love the, the people. You're going to love the rugby. And same as uh, Zach Holmes. Um, I, I spent a year at the force and um, that's where I played with Zach Holmes. And, and, and he was another guy I spoke to. Zachy also loved playing at La Rochelle. So when I told him could potentially be making the move to La Rochelle, first thing he said to me was like, oh, you won't regret it. Lovely place. And, and the club's going in, in a great direction. So it was, I, I'd already made up my mind, but just speaking to those two guys, I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm all in now. I'm keen. And, you know, coming over here, it's, it's exactly the way that they described it. You know, I'm, I'm loving being in La Rochelle. I'm lucky that I've still got another two more seasons here. I got married just before I came over. So it was sort of just a fresh start in terms of everything. New rugby environment, new country, married life. And, and my wife's loving it as well. So that um, helps so much. The two guys you mentioned there, Zach and Cheson, have both sort of reinvigorated their careers almost by moving to yeah. France. And I assume that was maybe something you had in mind as well. But Cheson particularly, if he's kind of advising you come over to the top 14, he... He wasn't with the Springboks, was he, when he moved over? So you knew him so well back then. Was it obvious that he was going to break through and become the sort of global superstar that he is now? Or or is it kind of a, do you think France kind of helped him in that way? I think if you ask someone at the Stormers, the answer will be yes, we all knew he was going to be the player he is today. The thing that at the time, you know, we had, I think it was, maybe Brian Abena and JP Peterson on the wings and they were, you know, Brian's a phenomenal finisher, JP's big, strong runner. So the idea of having a guy of Cheslin size on the wing wasn't seen as the next fit for, for the Springboks. But at the same time, he was killing it in Super Rugby, playing on the wing or at fullback predominantly. So we knew... As a Stormers group, we knew that this, this guy was going to, he was always going to be something special no matter where he plays his rugby. I don't know if he's mentioned it before, but I, at the time, he didn't even want to leave because he, he wanted to pursue the Springbok dream. But at the same time, it was also an opportunity for him to get himself in a different environment and hope that something comes of it. And the Cheslin, we knew at the Stormers, was a fantastic rugby player nicest guy, an X-Factor player that, you know, second to none, even in Super Rugby with Australians and Kiwis running around, he was still the man that everyone paid attention to. So I think the fact that he came over to France, probably not as well known over here. He had the ability to just take the pressure off himself and just say, you know what, I'm just going to go out, play, play the rugby I know I can and enjoy myself. And I think if you look at the first two seasons, that's exactly what he did at Toulouse. He was phenomenal. You know, I remember being back in Cape Town and just seeing clips of Cheslin running amok and thinking, shit, like, this, this is what he did for us. So to see him doing it on the other side of the world is, is awesome. And I think it was always going to be hard to, to deny him or to keep him out of that Springbok squad. And, you know, once he got in, yeah, there there was no there was no one else who could who could top him. The the great thing about him is that even throughout all the recognition he's getting, you know, the the global superstar that he is, he still remained the same guy. Like 
I know how hardworking he is and how still so reserved he is and, and, and the effort he puts into his game is almost as if he, he still has a point to prove kind of thing. And you saw how good he was and what a job he was doing and you thought, I can do that. So you came over as well. <laughs> and 10 Springbok caps to your name. Is there a part of you that misses it? Would you like to get back involved with the national setup, a World Cup coming up around the corner? Would that be a dream of yours to try and work your way back in? Yeah, I think that goal will never uh, go away. I think for me personally, I know this is probably my last shot at it, um, you know, because there's there's some great rugby players in South Africa at the moment or, or um, outside backs. And um, I would really, you know, see this as my big final push. If if I get the call, then great. I'll, I'll do, do whatever I need to once I'm in that environment again. But I think for me, the draw card of, of potentially being able to be in La Rochelle and create a bit of history with this club, for me, is at the moment a little bit bigger than going on to play for the Springboks. Simply because before the Lions series, there was a bit of chat uh, from the coaches um, saying that I, I, w- I was there and there about. And then obviously once the squad got announced, I wasn't in. So it was another disappointment just after missing out on the World Cup as well. And I thought to myself, you know, the one thing that I can do or continue to do is is keep putting my hand up and, and playing well for La Rochelle and shift my focus to to being the best I, I possibly can be for, for my club. And, you know, with 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 anything, if 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 I'm playing well and our team's winning and I'm I'm in the championship side, that only pushes my um, pushes my case to 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 be back in a in a Springbok squad. And I'd love to I'd love to put on the jersey a couple more times. You know, I I went over in November for the end of year tour where they played at Murrayfield. Still good, good mates with some of the guys in the squad there. And, and uh, after the game, I went to their hotel to have a beer with them. And just being around them, I was sort of just sitting there thinking to myself, you know, like, I know I can be here and like, um, I still want to be here. So yeah, that, that goal and that drive will never, will never not be in me to say, you know, I want to push on and and, and hopefully still represent my country on a few more occasions. And you mentioned there was some conversation before the Lions tour. There's a lot of talk in England at the moment about Andre Esterhazen coming back and playing for the box. He's having a phenomenal time. So we've spoken before about players coming over to Europe and reinvigorating their career. There's no longer that barrier in place where you have to have 30 caps like there was yeah, back a few yeah. years ago. Um, and Jack Nienamber is having so-called sort of alignment camps for overseas players. He's obviously talking to players. So you mentioned you're definitely available and keen. When was the last conversation or chat you had with anyone internationally? It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, I checked my phone just to make sure that, you know, my signal is working. <laughs> but um, no, it, it's been a while. To be fair though, like I haven't felt like I've been on the same sort of form that I was during last season. So I think that's got a bit to, to do with it. But, you know, at the same time, like I said, if, if I can just continue to, to play well for La Rochelle and we are playing in games where, you know, like, like the Champions Cup quarterfinal and hopefully a semi where 
it's big games and, and I can perform and, and do the best I possibly can. You know, hopefully those performances can can get the attention of, of the coaches back home. And I think that's what Andre Estes has done. Literally, you know, he's he was a guy, we, we were sort of in the same position where he was there and there about leading up to the World Cup and unfortunately didn't make it. Came to Quinn's and has been killing it ever since, you know. So he's he's done his part in trying in, in, in getting himself back into the conversation. Um, so, you know, that's all I need to focus on is, is continue to, to play well for, for my club and, and hopefully get the call. Um, I'm pretty sure my, my orange is, um, is, is, is <laughs> up and running at all times of the day. So hopefully <laughs> I, I see, I can continue playing well and, and see Jagni Nama's uh, name appear on my phone sometime. I'm sure he's a big fan of the podcast, mate. So I'm sure once he hears this, <laughs> tomorrow is going to light up. I was going to ask you as well, like you played junior rugby with Raymond Rule as well, who's with you yeah. at La Rochelle. Like you, you're capped together as well. So is there a part of you like, in, like, did you get a text? Like, have you had a WhatsApp? Like, do you compare? Do you talk about it together? Like <laughs> yeah, it must be we, an objective for both of you. We we often chat about it, you know, more so like because we got capped at the same time we played in the 20s together. I know Ray is also in, in a in a space where he's happy playing for La Rochelle and doing well with La Rochelle. And, you know, if the opportunity comes, he'll grab it again because he's one person that, and, and I don't think he minds me saying that, he, uh, but I think he's one person that got a bit of, of or got just got treated badly at a time when South African rugby wasn't really doing well and he copped a bit of, bit of flack there. So I think for him personally, I think he really wants to to just get another opportunity to show everyone, you know what, it was it was one game and it led to him being out of the squad and, and never seeing the jersey again. So I think for him, it's it's probably more of a case of hopefully getting the opportunity to show the world, you know what, I'm still the class player that 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 I was when I put on the Springbok jersey. And you mentioned how hugely disappointed you were before the last World Cup, that you were sort of just getting back in the mix. You got a cap again in 2019 and then just missed the cut. Was that the kind of switch that flicked that made you move to France? And if it was, I'm guessing there were loads of other offers on the table at the time. You may or may not be able to tell tell us what the other offers were. Well, funny enough, like leading up to the World Cup, um, I had an offer from Quinn's was uh, I think uh, Paul Gustard was the the yeah. coach at the time, and I was uh, speaking to him, and it was something that I considered uh, doing or, or making the move. But yeah, at the same time, I was sort of just you know like I've just gotten myself back into the Springbok mix. The last thing I want to do now is is uh, run away, well not run away, but but head off overseas, you know, and um, not be in in the public eye every weekend. Looking back at it, it's it's it was it was great for me that I had the opportunity. But you know, pushing on to the World Cup and, and trying to make that squad, and, and then obviously not making the squad, there were there were no regrets in saying to Coins that uh, that I'm not going to come. I think um, you know that the way rugby works out, I, I was then lucky enough to then just a couple of months after that get approached by Lara Schall, and you know here I am now playing playing. Good rugby, good enough rugby to to consider myself still being an option for the Springboks, you know. So, I think when I didn't didn't make the World Cup squad, I was disappointed because 
I felt at that time I was playing really good rugby. But then again, if if you look at the the back three they had at the time uh, at the time at the World Cup, probably wasn't probably wasn't any better than the, the options they had. So um, it's something that only afterwards I got real with myself and said, you know what, like and like no rugby player goes onto the field saying, oh, this guy's better than me. But um, I think afterwards, I, I, I sort of realized that maybe, like, yes, I was playing good rugby, but I wasn't playing great rugby that would get me into that squad. So at that time, I just decided, you know what, I've spent six seasons at the Stormers grinding away and, and maybe a new environment, a change will, will, bring some, will bring something else out of me. And I think that's exactly what it's done. The beaches and the weather are better. Lara shall anyway, aren't they, Johnny? Oh, I was going to say, the man. choice between Twickenham playing at the Stoop or living and playing your rugby in La Rochelle. It's a no-brainer, and it's worked uh, out yeah. beautifully. No, no, I, I tell you that I'm, I've got uh, some mates who I went to, to school with who are uh, working and, and living in London, and um, sometimes when, when I speak to them, I'm like, oh, you know, it wouldn't have been a bad thing, but then sit here and, and, uh, in La Rochelle and the sun's still out at 9 o'clock, and I'm just like, no, nah, I'm pretty happy here. <laughs> We'll take this. We'll settle. We settled here. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll settle. Yeah. And and so like again, going back to your under twenties group, I wanted to ask you about Juan Liebenberg as well because you came through with Raymond yeah. Rule, Juan Liebenberg. He was your captain. How bizarre has it been to go through playing your under twenties rugby and then end up three mates on the other side of the world, the world on the west coast uh, of France, playing for La Rochelle, who were in Pro de seven eight years ago, and having this incredible experience together in terms of adventure like a life adventure, doing it with some of your mates, like your mates that you play youth rugby with. It must be incredible. It's crazy. Like, we, we often speak about it, just saying like, because obviously Paul Willemser was in our in our 20 squad yeah. as well. And, you know, so we're like, it's crazy how so many of us are over here now, like the three of us obviously playing at the same club. It, it's just crazy to think that, like, as a 20-year-old, you, like, you've just won the Junior World Cup and you think to yourself, oh, man, this is, this is great. I don't think it can get any better than this. And then you go on and a couple of years later, you find yourself in La Rochelle playing with the, with the same guys, you know? And it's like, the funny thing is I was speaking to Raymond and I told him, I was like, uh, I, I just signed at uh, La Rochelle. Like I'm coming over to France. Um, we need to make a plan and, and catch up. And um, he called me and he was like, are you serious? Are you going to La Rochelle? And I was like, yeah, yeah I've just signed. Like, um, how's Grenoble? And he's like, no, Grenoble's good, but I'll see you in the locker room at La Rochelle. And I was like, what? And he's like, no, I've just signed as well. So, so like, we just sat back and laughed and we were like, we played 20s together. He spent a season at the Stormers before coming over here. So we played at the Stormers together. And, and now to, to be here in France, in La Rochelle, with Ray and with Via, and it's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like we often just sit in the locker room and speak Afrikaans to each other, which is great. Yeah, everyone else is hating it. I can guarantee you. We don't lose that side of us, but um, no, it's, <laughs> it's, man, it's incredible. You guys are only 29, but Vian yeah. is retiring at the end of the season. So how much did that yeah. take advice from us? You're not that old. Yeah, it was like, I remember when he, when he told us, uh, like I'd heard whispers of it and then I was like, nah, this can't be true. Like, I'm not thinking of retirement, so why why should we be thinking of retirement? You know, and then when I asked him, and he was just like, "Yeah, like I, I've I've done what I feel like I can do in the game, and um, I'm happy 
right now making this decision. Credit to him, you know, I, I think he's, like, if you look at the way he plays, he just has no regard for his body at all. So every training session, he's 100% full on, you know, like even even today we were joking with him. We were like, after training, we're like, oh, guys, just watch out. Vian's played his game today again because he just goes... <laughs> Hundred percent in training. His his wife is um his his wife's family is South African, but she was born here in France. So they, I mean, they they're going back to Montpellier where he's um he's put some things in place for himself to to make the transition from a pro rugby player into into business life pr- pretty simple, you know. And and I think it's something that at the time when he when he spoke to me about it, I was sort of thinking, you know, this is. This is great, you know. At, at at 29 years old, a guy saying, "You know what? I, I'm I'm done. I've had enough. Happy to let the game go." It's inspiring, but also, you know, like still very surprised because um, I I I just love the game too much to be like, "Oh, I'm I'm done after the end of the season." You know, that's it. Thanks, Rog. Thanks, Larishal. Like I I still want to go on. You know, for me, you know, like I say, the biggest thing is like I want to I want to leave having created history at the club, having won, won trophies, you know. So that's still a big driving force for me. And I think for Vian as well. But I think at the same time, he's also just so happy and content with where he is as a human being outside of the game to be able to say, you know what, I, I've done what I can and, and, and that's it for me. And there's not many of us that are brave enough or smart enough to do that. Like most of us want to drag our carcasses until somebody says, Johnny, could you just stop? That's Raymond Rule. Ray's saying that um, he'll go from top 14. Then if, if someone in top 14 says, look, Ray, you're not cutting it, then he'll say, okay, pro He'll go to pro And if they're like, look, Ray, that's not you anymore. He'll go fed one. And he's like, he'll go national. He's like, I just want to play, man. <laughs> hey, Johnny, you could be playing with him, Johnny. We spoke about this last week, coming out of retirement for Fed One. I no? couldn't. Ray is actually a good <laughs> athlete who is talented and gifted. I am hacked up, old, washed up, and past it. Let's just accept it. Another man that's nowhere near that stage, Victor Vito. Let's talk about another, somebody else announced another smart man that said he's yeah. hanging up at the end of the year. Is there added motivation to win something? A personal note you mentioned, but in a team perspective for yeah. these guys that are around you that you've grown up with you've watched you've had teammates that have become leaders for guys like Vic or for guys like Vian is there added motivation for you to win something for them so they finish on a sweet note and you finish with a trophy together 100% that, that's something that um, that's talked about as well and um, Vic, Vic always says to us you know boys when I left the Canes he won the Super Rugby final in his 100th game for the Canes and he's like I think it's written in the stars for me. So he, when he said to us, you know, he's going to he's gonna call it a day, I think he was also saying like, you know what, you, you guys better send me off on a good note here. But no, Vic, Vic is, you know, like exactly like Vian, an incredible, incredible guy who just, for me personally, just opened my eyes so, to so much more. And like, you know, just sitting in between meetings or, or training sessions, listening to, the things he talks about, the conversations he has, it's it's incredible. You know, same like like TKB, these guys who are World Cup winners, Super Rugby champions, they come over here and it's not a case of I've done what I what I have to and um, I'm happy to to sort of go along with the flow. They they just add 
so much value to whatever we're doing, whether it's in meetings, like training sessions. Like Tawira is probably the nicest guy, but on the field, he's the ultimate competitor. Like if I'm not chasing a box kick hard enough, he's getting on me in training. He's like, Tol, you could have got there. And I'm like, T, relax. Like I'll get there in the game. I'm not sprinting at 100%. And he's like, why are you not at 100%? I need you at 100%. And I'm like, off my back. you know. <laughs> but like, he, he doesn't want, like, he's the type of guy where he doesn't want anyone in his position to think that, oh, I've got the chance to be better than T. He drives the standards at training. Like, he gets on, like, guys like Wingy and Wool. If they're not giving him good lines, like, off nine, he's like, bro, you need to be better. And, like, the same with Vic. Like, when it comes to, like, our short side attack, if I'm not, owning the space there, Vic's always on me, like, oh, come on, like, you need to do this, do that. Or like, we're in the line outs, you know, it's, and I think hopefully the younger guys in and around those players pick up on it and it's something that once, you know, like once Vic is gone now that there'll someone else step in and, and, and take that, take on that role, you know. So I think back to Vic, I think he's a phenomenal rugby player, we all know that, but the thing that's, surprised me the most is just the, the the type of guy he is you know whether it's with the families or you know us foreign players coming over here he's just been like the the caretaker of everyone making sure we're all comfortable and we all know that you know he's he's a phone call away if you need anything whether it's to do with rugby or, or not you know so that's something that's like really re- really great and something that the boys all all look up to and appreciate and back to the present johnny mentioned wanting to send him off on a high with a trophy, you've obviously got to win this weekend if it's going to be the Champions Cup trophy. So you mentioned you've done the review sessions. You've had Vian Lievenberg throwing himself about in training on a Tuesday, <laughs> knocking knocking boys about. In terms of looking forward about Montpellier, you obviously know them very well from playing them loads in the top yeah. 14. Without giving the game plan away, what are you expecting? What's the focus? I think we know Montpellier is a really tough side, very very organized in the way they do things. I think um, we we also just realized a, a couple of days ago that over the last two seasons we've played them, we've only beaten them once. So it's by no means uh, a game that we sort of feel are we, we favorites going into it. I think they're a really quality outfit and, and they've shown that, you know, no team puts, puts points on Quinns like that uh, the way they did home and away. And so, so for us, I think it's sort of keeping a bit of that frustration and disappointment from the Toulouse loss and sort of just be, being back at home is a big, big bonus for us as well. So it's, it's, it's a lot to do with, with how we approach the games in, in terms of our, our, our set piece and our execution on that. I think, you know, that, that was the big focus today for us. We know their quality outfit on D and I think the, the big thing, you know, for us is, is, we want to want to give the ball some air, whether it's in top fourteen or Champions Cup. You know that's that's the way we see our our identity and, and our brand of rugby. But at the same time, also knowing that you know Montpellier is an outfit that if you're just going to throw the ball around willy nilly, they're going to punish you. We know the likes of of, of Zach Mercer and, and Garbisi and Pollard. You know those are quality quality rugby players. So I think it's going to be a great game. The weather looks good here in La Rochelle, so hopefully it stays this way. And uh, we'll hopefully be able to get a good 80-minute um, uh, uh, performance 
Well, good luck this weekend. Thank you very much. Yeah. We know you've signed up for the next couple of years at least in La Rochelle. So you're obviously loving life there. And yeah, we'll clip that little bit up for Jack Nienaber and send it over. So good luck with that as well. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> Best luck this weekend, mate. Thanks a lot for coming on. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Interesting again there. Another international career that we're hoping to resurrect <laughs> we're doing our and, best and also fascinating that he could have ended up at quinn's he made the right choice didn't he in the end work-life balance down the beach sun on your back what's not to like i think also the international rugby piece will be a real interest to him because you'll have seen team like you'll have seen will skelton be out in the yeah. wilderness and not do it and then a slight rule change you're in form and you go and get picked and that's that's it in a nutshell but it, the rugby he's playing in that back line, set up by Ogara, he's quality every single week. They operate at such a high level and he could fit straight back into the Springbok setup. I mean, the guy is a phenomenon. And he mentioned that they've had a few defeats to Montpellier recently and they're not yep. seeing themselves as favourites for this game. But from the outside, obviously, because they're at home, most people are seeing them as, as big favourites. What do you reckon? I think there's a, there's a few different parts to it that will only come to light in the past two weeks. So Kobus Reinach has had a shoulder reconstruction. He's going to miss the tail of the season. That's a big loss. Like Montpellier kick more than most teams in the top 14. They're very effective, but he's integral to that because there's quality and precision with his kicking. Paul Valemse, it looks like he's done either his ACL or something bad knee-wise. So it looks like he's going to get in the operation. He's been massive for them and for the French side. I mean, he has been just ridiculous physically. Um, Mohamed Was as well, he got sent off for the weekend. He's got a, um, a disciplinary to go through. So there's, there's a few key men that might be falling out at the final hurdle for the club, which is a real shame after the season they've had. But I think this weekend, if those three key men are missing, La Rochelle at home with a backline and a pack that are both terrific. Um, I would also say La Rochelle are favourites this weekend. Before we chat about the other Champions Cup quarterfinals, Summer's coming, isn't it, Johnny? And we've got the listeners sorted with some beers, haven't we? Summer is coming and we have sorted them, Tim. We have. And beers that I first tried in a Murrayfield car park, which sounds dodgy, but these beers aren't dodgy. They're actually very, very good. And put simply, no hangover afterwards, great tasting beer. Um, and I, as a 36-year-old who now gets stinking hangovers, can actually enjoy them. And my wife speaks to me after I've had them. So I'm a big, big fan. Yeah, Days is a new breed of alcohol-free beer created for those who want to do more. Proudly brewed in Johnny's native Scotland using locally sourced ingredients, their beers are 0.0% ABV and low calorie as well. And they're now a B Corp certified company committing 2% of all sales to charities that empower fresh thinking towards mental health. Breed for good times, good days and good tomorrows. You can enjoy all the great moments associated with a cold beer just without the side effects. And with over 700 five-star reviews, it tastes great too. So just head over to daysbrewing.com and use the code RugbyPass15 to get 15% off a case. Right, so Toulouse, going to Munster, it's a European heavyweight clash, if ever there was one, but it's at the Aviva as opposed to Toman Park. We mentioned this before, Ed Sheeran's got in the way a bit. How do you see it going? Because does that take away from the home advantage? Does it matter? Who's the favourite in that one? I'd see what going the Ed Sheeran concert or the rugby. Which one? Uh, <laughs> Which one would you rather go to? Definitely the rugby. I genuinely think it'll be really, really tight. Um, thinking back to the last knockout game that Toulouse actually beat them over there, the performance, the levels they had to go to individually were colossal. You think back to Julien Marchand, Dupont, and Tamak, how they all stood up. Some of the footwork by Matisse Labelle, like skinning JJ Han. I mean, 
was one of their perfect performances against a non-crowd. There was nobody in the stadium. So how much is that going to affect them? Going to the Aviva, although it's not a monster crowd, it's still going to be a massive Irish crowd. Travelling support is going to be all in their favour. But you've got nine Grand Slam winners. You've got quality throughout. You've got confidence, I think, slowly seeping back into their squad, especially after that big win against the gnarly La Rochelle side at the weekend. So a huge test but you wouldn't bet against them. I think in terms of personnel, what they've got in their squad, they can go over and do a job. They'll be disappointed to miss out on Ed Sheeran, but I genuinely believe that they can go over there. And I I don't look at the bookies. I don't follow. I think possibly people might place Munster favourites at home with a big crowd, but no, I think Toulouse have got enough within their squad to go over there um, and turn Munster over. Racing house sale at the La Defense Arena on Sunday so are they going to make it three French sides in the semi-finals? Most people are assuming they are. Do you think most people assume they are? I think over here in England, most people are not giving Sale a huge amount of a chance. Maybe that isn't fair, but given their league position in the Premiership, most people are looking at Racing as big favourites for that one. See, big favourites. I I, th- I think this is potentially the toughest one to call. I'll be there with Channel 4. Um, Racing clearly will be desperate to make another final and to make amends for lost finals. They've been in this situation recently and not quite got over the line. Sale have never made a semi in the Champions Cup. So again, historic for them if they make it. And again, they were terrible at the start of the year, but they've been excellent since Christmas. Like since about December, Sale Sharks have been, I think, excellent on one of the form sides. Massive physicality. I think potentially a high scoring game. And yeah, I find this one the hardest one to unpack. I think one of the key elements that if you'd asked me about this clash three months ago, Racing would have lost it purely because he didn't have a scrum. The fact that they brought in Yakani, he stabilised the Racing pack. If they're given a proper platform, Russell, Vakatao and Fiku can have a field day. I think it'll be much closer than people think. But yeah, I, I do think Racing will win, but I don't think it's going to be a massive margin, not by any stretch. And one of the keys, it'll be interesting, but sales disciplinary record is not good at the moment. They give away a lot of penalties. So if they do, Racing will capitalise, surely. They will. I mean, that being said, Racing, the last game out in this competition against Stad. I remember Finn debriefing the game and just saying, look, we made something like eight line breaks. We, we managed to capitalise on one. So they, had lo- they haven't been happy with the way they've been playing. That being said, they were terrific against Post. So like the roller coaster continues, but this is it now. It's knockout rugby, sink or swim, and they're going to have to perform. They're back at home. I've never been in the arena. I'm really excited to get up there. Apparently the bar is right next to the field, which I've never, <laughs> apparently you can take a beer essentially to the dugout and enjoy the game. Um, so really looking forward to being there in person, enjoying it. But yeah, massive game for Racing. Um, and again, you have to think it's not, you think back to years past of your Dan Carter's, your Chris Massoys, this is a different side. What I enjoy now about Racing is the different face they have to the side, the young French element guys like Tanga, the number eight, Diallo, back row, the physicality and the edge they bring. It's a real French English clashed. I'm looking forward to watching unfold, but um, no, I think Racing will have enough to get over the line and get themselves through to another semi. And when do you fly back from Paris? Because forget Ed Sheeran, it turns into a nightclub after this, isn't it? <laughs> it's straight after. I'm gutted. <laughs> I'm straight back on the plane, back down to Beirut, um, back to work on Monday morning, unfortunately. And a quick word on the only one without a French team involved, Leicester, Leinster. Who's making it through there? Honestly, don't have a scoop. Man, they're both exceptional. You've Leinster with a pedigree that have been exceptional in this tournament for donkey's years. You've got Leicester who have been very poor past four or five seasons, but now seem to be clicking. I, weirdly, I'm almost looking forward to watching that game 
the most from a completely different non-French perspective. Two sides with real history in the competition. And again, they've had some phenomenal battles in the past. So different era, different teams going at it. I'm going to go Leinster just because they're a juggernaut, but Leicester have been sensational as well so far this season. I'm going to go Leinster just because they've been here before. They've done it. They're confident, but I'll probably be proved wrong. Let's be honest. We will see. Can't wait for all four of those quarterfinals. Thanks, Johnny. A big thanks to Dylan Leeds for joining us. And thanks to all you guys for listening as well. Make sure you hit subscribe. Leave us a nice review if you can as well. Check us out on Rugby Pass and on YouTube. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, Johnny. Cheers, Tim. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.